To jest gwiazdka, na którą czekaliśmy, żeby zacząć Wigilię, widzisz? A tam, niżej, jest taka mgła, popatrz. To nie jest mgła. To są miliony małych gwiazdek. Pokaż. Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. And today, we're well. First of all, and today, <laughs> and today. First of all, first of all, first of all. Let's get this right out of the way. I've heard some people. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some people out there uh-huh. saying that this show takes itself <laughs> too seriously. Have you? I have. <laughs> And I, I just want to clear something up for you guys. It's really important that we clear the air on this. You're thinking of a different fucking show. Yeah, this show, it doesn't take itself <laughs> too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and you might look at the movie we're doing this week, and you might think, they take themselves pretty seriously. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. About You'd be that. dead fucking wrong. <laughs> Just wait until you hear what I have to say about it. I have no idea what you have to say about it. Well, let's just say we see titties twice. <laughs> That's very true. Great titties. I very have to nice say. ones. Uh, this was this. Act- we should not talk about the movie. We talk about what the other things we watched this week. That's are. true. We do. And usually we vamp for too long yes. so that we get unequal and then we're and then we're amounts. cramming in <laughs> our bits. <laughs> So, you know what? Actually, let's get right into it. What did you watch? Oh, what did I watch this week? Thank you you for asking. You take the bigger half. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, This week, I have a doozy to talk to you about. Mm. Last night. You know where that comes from? A doozy? Yeah. No, tell me. There was an old car called a Duesenberg. Really? And apparently, it was so cool that people just started saying, "Like, are you joking?" Yeah, I'm not even kidding. That's <laughs> it's a Duesenberg. A Duesen, and they're like, "Damn, I got a doozy for you." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I do. Um, last night, my friend, um, and uh, we'll call them. Hank. His name's Steven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like trying to come up with like a fake name or something. No, no. <laughs> or he, decide whether you wanted to say their name. I, well, I, like I was going to say like the listener would know who he is, but he, mm. he, no, they don't know who he is. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned him before. His name's Steven. His name's Steven. Uh, he helps out with uh, vi- music video stuff. Mm. Um, I was trying to think of a famous Steven to say it was, but I yeah, couldn't think of one Steven offhand. Steven Donzinger. It's, uh, it's Steven Seagal. It's Steven Seagal. But uh, he was like, Bryn, there is a movie, and it's called RRR, and you're going to see it with me. You don't mm. have a choice. I did see this on your letterbox. I didn't read the review. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and I was like, <laughs> what is this? And I know, he had seen it with my friend Allison mm-hmm. last week, and he, I was like, you're going tonight? And he's like, yeah, you got to come. And I, so I texted my friend Allison. I was like, is this movie good? She's like, oh, you're going to see that? I'm going to go again. And I was like, Ooh. all right. Well, okay, I'll go. I Wait, knew, 
nothing it's about it's in theaters this. right now yeah yeah where is it playing i we went to the one the amc in times square 25 a regular ass movie theater okay. yeah yeah this um, is a full movie this a is real a real movie this is a movie ass movie okay this is heard nothing about it i hadn't either um it is called rrr and you're it supposed is, to say it that way you're not supposed to say er no it stands for things it stands for multiple things mm. um in depending on the language um, oh. the movie is they've they they've worked it out so that it stands for multiple things depending on the language in in telugu it stands for the names of the characters um in hindu it stands for something else okay in english it stands for rise roar revolt yuck um <laughs> that yeah, sucks not, not very great <laughs> but it's the names of the characters like ram and whatever sure, whatever yeah okay um it is the third highest grossing Indian movie of all time. Um, okay. And, and that is, the two above it are from much longer ago. And the sec number two is by the same director. Mm -hmm. And the number one is from 2016. So it just came out. None of them are Slumdog Millionaire? No. Wow. I don't think that's a, that's a British movie or whatever. Oh, is like, it really? This, that's, this is like an Indian production. Okay. Um. So yeah, I went in knowing basically nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Um and it's so fucking insane. <laughs> and I I I want to say to the listener, um if you are at all interested in it, I'll, I'll say this very vaguely. It's basically if a Marvel movie was about a people's uprising okay. and the villain was the British and <laughs> it's just about two superheroes just murdering british people really um if that sounds interesting to you read wow. literally nothing else about it uh it's fucking hilarious <sighs> and it's just the most amazing action i've seen in a long time what i, I thought you were gonna come in here and be like I, I thought you were about to tell me about something that was like so bad and so shitty and, <laughs> and it's like good it's a good movie well no, but it's it's like is it's, it like a Ricky O? Is it like something that's like the spectacle of it is so enjoyable? It's kind of weirdly in the middle. So my my thing is, don't listen to this because it was really fun not knowing it what was going to happen and knowing okay. nothing about it. Um, so skip to you know fifteen minutes in and yeah. and and listen to Jeremy's. But this was and just wait, it's a doozy. <laughs> Yours is a doozy too. <laughs> uh, so so. So I'm gonna tell. I'm just gonna have to spoil it all because yeah. we have to talk about it. That's okay. It's a show. Yeah, I, I. This is my. This is my curse. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think that this movie's worth going to the theater to see. Mm. Um. By way far and away, you should go run to see this movie. It's ridiculous. Ooh, you um, know what I'm gonna ask? Is it like Aquaman? absolutely yes. it's like based aquaman <laughs> okay great that's um, what i was hoping you were gonna say because it's earnestly enjoy so here's he let me start with the bad the story is flimsy mm -hmm. in the way a marvel movie is sure it's there's a lot of there's a couple of things in the movie that is like um if they had just said to each other the problem wouldn't exist you know that that like really annoying writing trope where it's just like oh you work it's like uh you got mail where it's like if you had just said you work for mm -hmm. fox books you wouldn't be in this situation or whatever right, if right, you had right. just said. it's like it's one of those things where it's like sure. two people who don't know and then there's like all these twists and turns about like what's gonna happen when they find out that he's this um 
there is a pretty heavy romance plot um, between language barriers. One of the Indian speaking people and one of the English speaking women okay. like have this like cute romance thing. That's probably the weakest thing in the movie um, just because it's sort of humor that lightly doesn't translate and um it's kind of go- it's just absurd you know because sure. it's it's like very broad comedy um but it's not very much of the movie and it definitely serves the plot um which is again insane uh so those are probably the weakest things about the movie the writing isn't incredible but everything else is amazing. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so what are we what are we talking about here? Is there like gore? Is there like? Are I would they like, say there's there there's not. Oh well, there's violence. I mean, there, there's like bloodier than a Marvel movie, a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not talking about like a Django Unchained. It, here. It's not a Riccio. It's it's a it's a you know broad, wide appealing movie. Yeah. The story of this movie is a girl gets taken by just supremely evil British people. Like they are arch. When is it taking place? Uh, This is the... It's like colonial times. 50s? It's it's still... No, it's the 20s. India is still a British colony. Yes, it's the 20s. Um, It's before the British... Or the the Hindu nationalist uprising. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there is this... There's the tribals... The people who like literally live in the forest. Uh, sorry, don't get me. I literally have no idea about the history or the politics sure. of this country. I've been reading a little bit just because of this movie. From, I took a like, whole semester on Indian history, and I don't remember any of it. Okay, it's there's so much. There's too much. There's so much. How could you possibly? Um, but there's the sort of like Indian nationals. It's before the Indian national right uprising. Mm-hmm. So there's this there's this group of people who live in the fucking like woods and they're called the tribals from what i understand that's just what they're called um and then these british people are like hanging out there and they're like we're gonna take this child and they like give their mother like some money and Mm -hmm. they're like we're just taking the baby and they like she's freaking out and then they kill the mom because she's trying to like get the baby back just like really violent evil monsters like the british Almost none of the British in this movie are like humans. They're just like vile creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so this guy, he's like the god. He So both of these, the main characters are real people, like real historical people. Both of them were revolutionaries in the, in the Indian nationalist uprising mm-hmm. against the British. Um, this movie supposes what if they were superheroes <laughs> okay and also if they were best friends nice. they never actually met although they were contemporaneous um one of them was sort of a che type figure in real life who mm-hmm. like went around and like robbed cop ha- like pl- police stations and like took all their guns and gave them to people nice in this movie his plan you don't actually find out that he's not a cop. Like he is a cop and he's just like a superhero who's like a cop and he like works for the British people. You find out like halfway through the movie that his plan all along has been to like become a chief of the police so he can take all the guns and send them to everybody uh-huh. uh, and just arm every like Indian. Um, and that's his plan. But the other guy, he's like the forest tribal superhero and so he's gonna go and he's gonna go get the girl back that the british stole 
But wait, so these superheroes, like, what are their powers? Like, no, 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 they're just strong. They're just really strong. Yeah, they're themed around water and fire. Like, mm-hmm. uh, do they have like a superhero-y outfit? No. Well, yes, they have like traditional like god. They're more like gods than superheroes. Okay. Um, but they're like super strong is the thing. Mm-hmm. They could like punch through like a wall or whatever. Yes. Okay. Um, they Got can it. like throw everything. And so like, it's like a, a like a fist of the North Star. Yeah, it's like that. Okay. Um, and like they have like traditional stuff that gets referenced at the very end. They're wearing like the things that they're wearing in their statues, mm-hmm. like that are real in India. Like Rom Rom character, the policeman character, he's like real British like proper looking he's mostly yeah, wearing yeah. suits and like police officers uniforms and stuff at the end he's like shirtless and has like a bow and arrow and that like rules. his like flowy pants and stuff um but so they so basically one of them whose name is beam he's trying to get the girl the little girl and bring them back to the forest the british is like we need to find this hunter who's hunting the little girl and and get him and so they put rom the other superhero on the case to find him but they meet trying to save a kid not knowing who each other is and then just become best friends <laughs> like bros immediately and there's like a huge long like three minute long montage of them just becoming the best of friends and then they help each other like he's trying to help um rom who is accustomed to the british and can speak english is like helping him like get himself acclimated to, to the city life and uh, pursue this white woman named jenny um and so they have like this fun sort of bro like buddy cop kind of thing uh-huh. uh going on and then yeah halfway through they realize that he's looking for him and he's trying to do that and he's trying to stop him and then they have like a comedy of sort of like uh you know they're trying they're like, oh no, we're mortal enemies, and then they basically have to figure out that they are both on the same team, and then they mm. team up at the end, and they literally murder every British person. Oh my god! <laughs> and the the very end is um. What kind of murder are we talking about here? Uh, like just like picking them up by the neck and like slamming oh, them, yes. and like there's one part where he like, like he he, beam like catches a flaming motorcycle and then starts using it as like a cudgel yes absolutely <laughs> uh, yes uh the the first the first big action sequence um well i guess the real first one is like they each have their own the first one they have together is a train is on the under pa- passage of a of a bridge mm-hmm. like there's tracks below the bridge and then there's the walking up sure top. yeah and then and then you don't have to tell me about <laughs> the uh, the way that works. The oil spills out from the from the train, and then it sparks and catches on fire, and then it goes. And there's a little kid on the water who's like on a boat, uh-huh. and all the oil is like on fire. Beam is up top, and Rom is down on the ground, and they l- make eye contact, and they're like, "We have a." They've never met before. This is how they meet. <laughs> the, <laughs> he like they wave at each other. And then, like, Beam gets on a motorcycle and Rom gets on a horse and they, like, they, like, run at each other and take a rope and then jump off either side and then, like, swing together. And then, like, (laughs) he takes, like, a flag, Rom takes a flag and drags it in the water and wraps Beam around it. And then he takes the, it's just, like, this huge, like, acrobatic, insane thing to save the kid. And Uh then they both, like, 
underwater they like bro fists and it's incredible like the the cgi is not goofy Mm. it is like marvel level like action sequences for the most absurd shit you've ever seen and then it's just like one after the other just like keeps just getting crazier and crazier um to where when beam finally reveals himself that he's like the the god of the forest or whatever like him and a bunch of his bros like drive a truck full of tigers (laughs) (laughs) and then just like let it open and they're just like the tigers are just mauling all the british soldiers and like shit is on fire it's so fucking cool i gotta go see this it's I didn't know what to expect, and I thought it might be boring. It's three hours long. That's very long. And it doesn't feel like it. Oh, my God. It feels so fun. You're just like, this is incredible. How are they going to top that? And then when they both become their sort of like god avatars, they're just like flaming bow and arrows, bow and arrows with with, uh, grenades on them. Uh. And like like one of the last shots of the movie is... um, there's this whole running thing where the king, like the king of that area was like, he keeps saying to like his British soldiers not to shoot Indians because like their Mm. brown like lives like aren't worth the bullet Mm. that it's made of. And he's like the true, the the way to get the value of the bullet is to kill a British person. And so that like at the very end, they kill like the, the Duke and like his brains like splatter on like a, crown that says the sun will never set on the british empire (laughs) 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 and i was just like the theater cheered wow like not i wasn't the only one like just hooting and hollering at this because it was like half indian people yeah i was gonna say is it like a big i mean it's got to be a lot of indian people going to see it yeah people were just like standing up and cheering dude that fucking rules it was amazing god damn i gotta see this movie (laughs) like as soon as possible uh it's crazy and there's one it's funny because i was expecting a lot more dance sequences Mm. there's one dance sequence and it's uh it is um, motivated. They go to a part. Jenny invites them both to a party mm. and they're like, you brutes don't know anything about dance. Nice. You, you know, you don't know about flamenco or tango or whatever. And Rom, the suave like one, he's like, do you know about Naku? <laughs> and then they like do this whole long thing. And, yeah, yeah. and I've had that song stuck in my head all day. I didn't know what their dance was called. I thought you were just gonna be like, do you know about Indian dancing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> uh, I've, we've been singing it all day. Uh, that's the really the only big song number. And then, oh, is that what you were whistling upstairs? Not do, not do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, there's one. There's like a couple songs that are sort of like under their breath. It's really tastefully done. The songs mm. like they're like torturing Beam, and they're making Rom do it because they he's still undercover as a policeman. He's just like whipping him with this like whip that has spikes on it, and he's like they're like making him kneel, but he won't do it. And then he sings, and that inspires everybody to like resist and like break apart everything. And Rom was like, "Shit, I don't need to be undercover. We can just inspire the people." Um, it's awesome. Damn. <laughs> um, and that's why they team up. Um, but yeah, it's great. Um, I was really really surprised. I mean. I don't want to be like super xenophobic, but I've never really been interested in an Indian movie. Like mm-hmm. they generally just seem like the cultural divide is too big. Um, Cause it's a lot of dancing and sort of like a lot of silly comedy or whatever, just too over the top. 
but this really felt like it earned its over the topness that mm-hmm. it was it, it's a it's a folk tale it's a it's a funny thing about what if these two like revolutionaries were gods and were best friends yeah and it kind of knows that it's goofy and it's kind of wants you to laugh at it but also wants you to feel like energized and like proud of them and you know the, the legacy of this sort of it's funny because there's it caused a lot of like political issues like when mm. the trailer came out like the far right was really mad and then the the communist party of india leader was like this is disrespectful to make them so funny or whatever and like yeah. then like the tr- that was just towards the trailer and then they were like no we're like good and then like they tried to like go between because at the end there's just like pictures of like communist leaders and like nationalist leaders some people who are like sort of um controversial and that they like kind of were friends with the nazis until the 40s right (laughs) Uh, and then they were like oh whoa hey um because they didn't think they were racist right um i you know the national the the nationalism in india is very complicated and strange uh because of the british stuff so they tried to like be like everybody who fought for indian freedom or whatever and like that's been controversial um it's very interesting Mm. um but they're just trying to have fun with it i guess yeah i truly cannot wait to see this movie it, i think you're gonna like it it's I cr- definitely it's crazy. Will. i can't imagine i won't <laughs> it's so fun um uh, okay so that that's rrr um if you have it in your area i don't know if it's playing everywhere it's definitely playing in new york and big theaters mm-hmm. and like i said it's the it's made like hundreds of millions of dollars um and it's this third after a month after it's it's been a couple weeks since it came out in india mm-hmm. it's the third highest grossing indian movie of all time so i think it's set to like surpass his last movie and maybe even the 2016 one that's like a drama about sports or something yeah um so go out and see it it's cool what Sick. did you watch uh i watched two things this week one i watched um murder on the orient express 2017 oh the I David- think 2017 uh the the um the kenneth branagh kenneth one, one. Uh, okay. the the prequel to the one that i just watched the death, death on, on the, the nile. nile uh i will say um not as good as death on the nile i think death on the nile is better um that's johnny depp in it johnny depp is in it johnny depp is pretty good in it um Kenneth Branagh is very good in it. His Poro is very fun. It has a lot of the same stuff going on. I really enjoyed a lot of the buildup, a lot of the like the character stuff is very fun. His dynamic with um what's the guy's name? His friend. Johnny Depp's friend? No, no, no. Poro's friend. Oh um, um I don't remember. He's got some like little name. Um it's something like <laughs> foot or a, something a like time. that. Oh yeah. Um book. Book. Book um anyway uh the dynamic between them is very fun the the mystery is very fun to try to unravel but the problem is that like so so you've you you're you're familiar with the story yes um folks at home if you're not familiar with the story i'm sorry it's ancient (laughs) more spoilers it's very old (laughs) um but uh the the end of it is that it's uh there there was some like murder of a child that uh went unpunished and all of the people on the train are like somehow connected to the case and they all got together on the train to do to murder the guy who killed the child right and at the end poro is like i can't pass judgment on you i i wash my hands of this i'll see you later yeah uh first of all 
I think that's very stupid. I don't. I did not like that. That's the end. I don't think this is the story I would have started the Pro Row franchise on. Interesting. I think I would have started something a little more like straightforward of an ending. There is, I, I there is two sort of conflicting endings though. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the Albert Finney version of that movie, uh, he does turn like sort of explain to everybody what happened and feels Uh a little guilty but like he still turns them in yeah interesting um and then in the david suchet one i think he the he doesn't well in this one he doesn't turn them in that's not what i take issue with what i take issue with is the idea of all these people getting together and like they they're the only other people on the train there's nobody who's (laughs) not connected to this murder on the train so they've somehow concocted a situation where this train is chartered only for them and the murderer of this kid <laughs> it just it, it's such a fantastical yeah idea that i found it very stupid but the biggest problem is that once poirot uncovers the connection to that kid in more than one person i knew where it was going sure the moment a second person was connected to it i was like everybody's connected to this mm-hmm. and then once i knew everybody's connected i'm like they all did the murder I, I I just figured it out too quickly, and sure. that was a problem. And then the biggest problem with it is that the end of it, uh, they're you know wrapping it all up and whatever, and everyone's like, "Oh, we get to go free, hooray!" And then this police officer comes up to Poirot and is like, "Hey, we got to get you. We got to get you in the car. You've been summoned. There's been a death on the Nile." <laughs> It, really? it is so hammy and ridiculous they literally say there's they been a literally death. say there's been a death dot 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 on, on the, the nile. nile jesus so bad i was so upset <laughs> I, but overall i still actually quite enjoyed the movie like the, the oh, experience of watching it was good enough i think it, it like his his charisma and his his relationship with book is very good and and overall i think it was just like a pretty enjoyable watchable thing but the ending is just so stupid. Sure. I think it's cool that Perot's getting another getting another, another run at, at it. it. Why not? I don't know the ending to Death of the Nile, so I'll, I'll watch that one. You should one. definitely watch it. It's very good. Um the That other, one's better. That one's better than than Murder in the Orient Express. Sick. The uh uh The other thing I watched this week. Yeah. There is an HBO Max original series. Um the HBO streaming service. It's just yep. on the streaming service. I don't, mm-hmm. think, don't think this is on the TV channel. Uh, HBO Max original series called Julia, and it is about Julia Child. Oh, I've heard about this. And it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty enjoyable. It's pretty campy and goofy. And, and Who plays her? Uh, I don't know. Some actor. Some newbie. Yeah, it's, I, she might not be a newbie. She's, you know, somebody. The point is... Did you ever watch Julia and Julia? Yeah, I didn't like it. I like that. Um, That's new, Nora Ephron's last movie. I rewatched it recently and it was very bad. I bet. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not sure it has a Wikipedia page. Anyway. Um, it's just called Julia, right? The guy who's playing her husband is Niles from Frasier. Oh, yeah. Um, David. Three names. Not going to come. Whatever. Uh, and, and I don't think anybody else on the show is really anybody. Um, there's no huge names, I don't think. Um David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. Oh, B.B. Newworth. It's Lilith from Frasier. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, anyway. One of the hottest old ladies there is. She's very attractive. I yeah. I, I, I am I am very attracted to her. She kind of looks like an I, older version of my wife. 
and that uh, sure. that really does it That's for me. <laughs> I've always been into BB New Earth, especially when she was on. Uh, I've always been into my wife. <laughs> uh, on Cheers and Frasier. Yeah, I feel weird because they keep making jokes on the show about how she's like tall and ugly and i'm like i know i'm like she's very hot and i can't tell my wife that i think that she kind of looks like her (laughs) 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 because they keep literally anytime i think like she'll like look at the camera in a way where i'm like that looks like my wife and then i'm about to turn to her and say it and then she'll say something about like oh i'm so ugly (laughs) and you're like damn dude what the fuck no it's funny because like there's basically every woman who i've ever found attractive in on the movies mm-hmm. um they'll like do some joke about them being fat or ugly or whatever is someone who is like supposed to be an ugly like Absolutely, weird lady yes. like jane adams mm-hmm. i've always been really into um she you would know it if you look her up uh most people don't know her by name but she's always like the ugly weird lady and it's like pull like, her up pull, pull her up jane adams she's in um she's in happiness she's in little children yeah i don't know um she's this lady you know what I'm saying? This girl. Oh yeah, smoke show. Smoke, right? Absolute smoke show. <laughs> Real. I mean, she's older now, but yeah, like, got to agree with you there. She's got like kind of weird eyes, I guess. Whatever. But she's hot. She's very hot. And everyone's always like, and I'm like, but I think she's cute. I think she's very hot. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Julia, <laughs> even, even kind of old. Huh? Julia is a <laughs> uh, is a campy good time overall. Um, okay. But something I've noticed in it that I was very intrigued by. In the first episode, Julia... uh, So the show is about her trying to get her TV show made for the first time, right? She has a successful book, but nobody really believes in the idea of cooking television, and especially not with a tall, ugly woman Uh, at the (laughs) helm with an annoying voice. And she has to, like, prove them wrong by constantly being, you know, so charming and so, you know, whatever. You get the idea. Sure. Uh, But the first person who she meets at the network who believes in her and supports her project and, and goes to bat for her is a, is a young black woman who is kind of like a, a first year um, producer. She's like kind of like new at producing Mm -hmm. and like all of the big older white men don't really trust her with it yet and whatever. And she's trying to make her name and she's the one who discovers this new hot show. And, and, And I, after a couple episodes, I started to think about it and I was like, Boy, it's interesting that there was a young black producer at this TV network in the 60s. <laughs> that's interesting. I wonder what that's about. And I wonder why uh, race never comes up on this show. And I wonder why it seems like yeah. her main axis of oppression as per this TV show is that she's a woman and like people don't take her seriously because she's a woman. Hmm. I wonder what that's about. Interesting. And I looked it up and she's a fully fictional character. They just made her up. Yeah, I was like, she's not I a don't real think person. that's possible. There's no way that a young black woman <laughs> was, was a producer at that network in the 60s. It, it, that's really strange. It's a really weird thing to do, right? It's Yeah. It's, this is kind What's of like the point the, of that. It's, it's the Hamilton thing, right? Where it's like, what you're doing is no i'm not i'm not even kidding i think it's what you're trying to do is is to you know add representation to your show it's something we talked about with bridgerton too right but i think this is a much more compelling case for it where it's like you're trying to add representation to your show by adding a person of color to the cast and that's a good thing because a black actress is getting work and that's a positive right sure but the negative is that if you have a black woman in the 60s on your tv show about like workplace stuff like yeah 
the fact that you never bring up race the only time they, they bring it up once very briefly and her mother literally shushes her about it <laughs> like the black woman's mother the black woman's mother yes literally shushes her when she says like you know it's hard for me as no, a no. black woman she says shush you just have to work harder like what you're doing is is effectively like it, it's worse than whitewashing you're 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 like erasing the actual racism of the time yeah to 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 make people feel better i guess but what you're effectively doing is 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 like forgiving the people of the past you're 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 doing like money laundering for them to 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 make it right. look like things were better than, than they were <laughs> because people who weren't there were, were younger than us yeah and and you know we weren't even there i mean obviously there's always racial discrimination but like when it was literally illegal for these people you know people to vote yeah. and like hold certain office and stuff people who are younger than us are going to be like well it's always been like this people were just mad about it in the 60s yeah and it's like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean literally i'm that's i'm a, a person who knows better and i was like a couple episodes in before i was like <laughs> boy this is weird <laughs> You're like, was there really a young black woman yeah. at ABC in the sixties? It wasn't ABC. It was a public. It was a public access network. So I was a little more willing to be sure. like, oh, maybe, but like, definitely not. Like, and, and yeah, I looked impossible. it up, and they were like, no, that's a fictional character. Although there is evidence that there were black people working at the network. What? Well, well, so in what role? <laughs> in what role? <laughs> you know? That matters. Certainly not like in a position of power over like you know yeah julia child or whatever like and and not to mention like i wouldn't find it to be that big of a stretch to to find out that julia child was kind of racist that wouldn't be hard to believe at all i would believe that instantly all all this is doing is just is is doing money laundering for people you know yeah absolutely and i mean i think bridgerton as a concept is cute Mm -hmm. and it's like pretty explicit that this is like a fantasy of like, what if the world wasn't racist? How cute would that be? Like, and it's so long ago. And it makes up a lot of, uh, it makes up a lot of its points in just being a very like sexy show that people just watch because it gets them horny. (laughs) Right. That's a big part of its appeal. Uh huh. And this is just like, She's black because no reason. This is literally just a twee, goofy show about like a tall woman who cooks. Like <laughs> there's no, there's no like element of fantasy to this. It's very realistic, if anything. That's so bizarre. Um, is the show good though? I I mean, listen, I'm not going to say good, but it's watchable. It's very it's very like campy and fun and enjoyable. It's a it's a good easy watch, um, and she's very fun her husband's very fun i love their dynamic there's Uh like there's an interesting thing going on where like they keep trying to like they 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 do a thing where they like set up and then subvert a trope where like they'll set up a tension between her and her husband where you're like oh this is going to be a problem for them and then later it's like oh but actually they just really love each other a lot mm. and like they they don't really th- this isn't a problem it's not actually a problem at all like they set up a thing where like he's they're in san francisco doing press for the show or whatever mm-hmm. and it's their first time in san francisco and she's got to do a book signing and she's there for fucking hours and her husband is like you know what like i'm tired of sitting around here i'm gonna go fucking explore a little bit and then they end up like not seeing each other for the whole trip and uh and that like um 
he keeps like calling her and like trying to reach her and stuff and getting more and more frustrated that he can't reach her. And at some point he like calls a woman uh-oh. on the phone. Uh-oh. And you're like, uh-oh, this is a problem. And then you see him with the woman uh, and you're like, what is it like his ex-wife or something? Like, what is this? And then later he's like, I saw my sister and she's like, oh, how is she? <laughs> oh, it like tries to set it up like there's going to be drama. And then it's like, no, they're actually really sweet and nice yeah, to each other. They're, they're just brother and, si- they're brother and sister. And then like he talks to Julia and she's like, look, I'm sorry that this trip wasn't kind of what we thought it was going to be. I've been really busy. And he's like, I know I have to really get used to like the idea of sharing you with with America. <laughs> You know, it's tough. It's hard. It is hard. Anyway, let's hang out and order room service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like it's trying to be fluffy. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's not the worst thing. It's not the worst thing in the world. But it kind of limits you to how good it can actually be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was worried about that with Winning Time. Definitely. Yeah. Like Winning Time being a show that's just about like, aren't the Lakers great? And they are like, it's funny with the last episode like the Celtics being like taking a firm stance, like not only are the Lakers good, the Celtics are evil. Yes. I love that. <laughs> it's though. great though. I mean, I like, love that. Um, I'm a big fan and I got to say, I love, we're going to have to talk about winning little, time again for a little episode. while. Um, <laughs> Talking I, time. I, I got to say, I love the like SpongeBob Squidward dynamic that they're setting up between magic and Kareem where oh, like, yeah, yeah. like there's the one where, what is it? Like, he like pulls magic aside and he's talking to him about something serious. I don't remember what it was, but there's like a moment where like magic like stops smiling and you can see, Oh, he's talking about how like everybody wants to talk about Larry bird. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, it's like, I didn't fucking beat him at all. And he's like, don't you understand? Like you're black in America. You didn't beat him. You might as well not have beat him and you're never going to beat him. Even if you beat him every time you beat him, it doesn't matter because you still are a black guy. Yeah. And you got to use that as power and strength and whatever. And you could see it's like really getting through to magic. And he's like, yeah, you're right, man. It is strength. It is power. And then he like, you could see Kareem finally being like, yeah, man, like we're, we're, <laughs> we're brothers. On we're on the same team here. And <laughs> and magic like steps back and like he realizes like, yeah, we're like brothers now. And he just smiles so big and you can see Kareem just like wince at the <laughs> smile. <laughs> <laughs> i just love how well the two of them act together as yeah. like the the utter pain that magic smile brings to <laughs> i loved the fucking conversation between his dad mm-hmm. and Kareem, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's like was your son always so happy yeah <laughs> <laughs> damn what a show what a fucking show gotta say again folks at home if you're watch not watching winning time you gotta watch it <laughs> Because we're just going to keep talking about it's it. It's so good. When the season's over, we're probably going to do a whole episode on it. <laughs> That's a great idea you just had. <laughs> I want to have my friend Rufat uh, come over and Ooh, talk about okay. it. Okay, I don't know that person. He's the best. All right. Well, you're going you're gonna to love Rufat. Yeah? Yeah, he rules. All right. Well, next time, well, when that show's over, we'll do that. Yeah. And now we'll talk about the movie we watched. The movie we watched is Christoph Kieslowski's 1991 uh film the double life of veronique yes um this is a french movie from 1991 uh is it french or is it polish sorry it's polish they speak french um uh it's a french language movie Mm. mostly they do speak a little polish too what year is it from 1991 1991 Uh i thought it um the opening scene is like 1963 
three. Yeah, is it his last movie or is it his second to last no, movie? No, it's his uh it's the movie he did before do you know anything about Kieslowski? No, but I read a thing about this and I thought that I had read that this lost To Pulp Fiction. To Pulp Fiction, yeah. It did. Oh no, 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 no. Pulp no, Fiction was in nineteen ninety four. I'm sorry. His next movie lost the, to Pulp Fiction. The, his last movie did, which yeah. is called Red. Okay. He His most famous films are uh, Blue, White, Red. Mm-hmm. It's a trilogy that he made right after this. About France. About France. Um, yeah, he had a sort of more political stance um, during the Decalogue, which was, in my opinion, his best work, but it's a 10 hours and it's yeah. a show kind of it's it's like a 10 episode miniseries um it's really amazing i think red white and blue are really good but they're like a trilogy so i thought it's the only one i haven't seen i've yeah. never this was oh you never seen this so this was a sort of it's it's really eerie because my intention was not to watch two movies this month about being two different people mm. But it was just about like two movies I hadn't seen by directors I like. Yeah, and what are the odds? What are the odds? Uh, so kind of makes you think: Is God trying to say something to you? <laughs> I'm two people. Maybe <laughs> we're the same person. Maybe. Me and Jeremy. Um. So yeah, Double Life of Veronique was the one I hadn't seen, and I thought we should watch it. I thought maybe I'll, I'll use this as an excuse to watch it. Uh, and similarly to Lost Highway, um, which we did two weeks ago, if you're not paying attention. Um, I had seen full scenes of this movie mm-hmm. uh, multiple times. I'd seen um, the sequence where uh, Veronica dies. Yeah. Um, I'd seen the sequence uh, with the puppet, uh, the the marionette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the little dance and whatever. Seen some other stuff. Like I just like watched a lot of these sequences from for different reasons, uh, but I never actually sat down and watched the movie. Um, so the movie is about a young girl in Poland named Veronika, who uh, is sort of carefree and fun and as a opera singer. And she gets a, uh, a, a, a really, lands a really big, I don't, not a role, but yeah, it's a, like a gig. She's got she a, gets gig a big gig singing in a big choir that seemingly is pretty prestigious. Yeah. It's in, it's in Krakow, I want to say. Krakow, yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like she's got a pretty cool gig. Uh, she's pretty excited about it. They're singing some challenging, fun stuff. She's got a cool motorcycle boyfriend. Yeah. Um, who they fuck and yeah. She lives with her aunt, uh, who doesn't mind that she walks around naked all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty tight. Pretty Seems tight like little life. Pretty cool little life. And then she she has like a minor heart attack one night, and she's like, "Oh, better fucking not tell anybody about that." Oh yeah. When does that happen? It's when she's like on her way home from the audition. She has like a little heart attack and she's like, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. And then uh, she doesn't really literally say, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she does. (laughs) She says it, but she's got it. It's in Polish, is the thing. So it's, it's, it sounds like, like, Wurska, Wurska. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then during, I'm trying to think if there's anything explicitly important. Oh, at one point, while she's walking around, she sees someone who looks exactly like her, yes, this dressed is a very exactly important like part. her, who's getting on a bus. Oh, there's also she's like, like taking pictures of stuff, and she's getting on a bus. Yeah, and, she's a tourist. And there's like a a protest going on. Everyone's carrying banners. Mm-hmm. She's running through this big square. She's having a good time, and she sees this person who looks exactly like her getting on a bus, taking pictures. 
we don't know what that means. Yeah, and she doesn't really seem to, you know, she, listen, she's got a chill life and she is fanciful and having fun. So she just kind of sees it and she's like, huh, weird. Anyway, That's crazy. back to my life. Uh, <laughs> and she goes to sing in the concert. Uh, it's her first night in the choir and she's got a big solo uh, duuet uh, with, with another woman and they seem to be really vibing with each other. They're singing They're having, really nice together. really good. And she's hitting this really high range in her part and she just has a motherfucking heart attack and drops dead yeah, instantly. Just dead. Really crazy sequence. Lots of... Um, first person and then lots of in this movie there's a lot of shots where it's a point of view shot from someone who is unclear like above it'll be like above the whole audience like floating around i thought that was her like soul or or something something. yeah yeah it's it's interesting and then um we cut from there to her again but it's not her it's some different woman named veronique not veronica um and she's having sex with her boyfriend, and she's like, I feel really crazy. Now, folks at home, this is the second time we see titties in the movie. This is the same girl, but the second time. Um, And she's like, I feel really weird and bad. And for whatever reason, she decides to quit singing. (laughs) Yeah, she just has some weird sense of grief that she can't shake, and she's like, I don't think I can sing anymore. So she goes and she quits the choir that she's in, Right, and this woman is, she's a choir, she's like a music teacher at a school. Yes, but she's also in a choir on her own time, and yeah, that's but, what she quits, but she doesn't quit her job at the at the school. Yeah, and the old man is really mad at her for doing so, mm-hmm. um, and then she kind of just goes about her life, um, which is, you know, just doing similar stuff as Veronique. Yeah, but a little less chill. A little less chill, more, more responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, she but she's like she's kind of just like shaken by this this sense of dread throughout the whole thing right she's like doing weird like not like crazy stuff but like just kind of the weird stuff that happens when you're a little shook she's like lighting a cigarette backwards yeah yeah just like that sort of shit right and she goes and she sees a uh, marionette performance that's like at her school yeah yeah, yeah. it's like i think it's a field trip i think she brings the kids to go see this show or something um and it's like a dance sequence that the marionette then turns into a butterfly mm -hmm. and then uh she sort of like has this weird connection with the marionette guy she keeps seeing him places yeah um and then after that um she starts receiving packages to her home there's like she gets weird phone calls mm-hmm. um mind you the tone of this is never scary like it's a, it's a no, little no, uneasy no. but it's definitely uneasy it's definitely like like a little like like the 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 director is like you like using a lot of like color and framing and stuff to like to make everything feel a little fucked up a little dreamlike. It's very and odd. Uh, I'm going to use a word here. It's very Lynchian. It's very difficult to talk about this movie without using some some film. Cra- I, like honestly, some big words <laughs> that I want to say might make you think that this is a 
movie podcast that takes itself seriously, but I must stress again, we you are you. thinking of a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's not this one. <laughs> we don't take ourselves seriously. Too seriously. I wish I could think of a name of a movie podcast that we're not friends with mm. to, to say as a joke of the one that takes itself seriously. I don't even know one that does take... All the ones I can think of are jokes. Like yeah. they watch bad movies mm-hmm. and stuff. What's a not... Well, Kino Lefter is the one I'm thinking of that like they they watch real movies, yeah, but yeah. like they're they're friends with us, so we yeah, should yeah. <laughs> make a mean joke about them. Uh huh. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, tell us some more about movie podcasts. I guess uh, don't don't. Uh, anyway, so she um starts getting all these weird things. There's some just like at this point of the movie, it just becomes a lot of sequences that are much more about feel mm-hmm. I, I this is the best way i can describe it yes it's it's not really about a story anymore it's, it's a very long like sequence. The, the 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 veronica part is very all the shots are very short mm-hmm. and and everything is very like present and and in the moment and 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 it's all about like what she's doing at the time and 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 the veronica parts are all about like what she's feeling and and yeah they're all like longer and moodier and everything like the 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 whole thing just slows down it has all this weight to it and it wants you to like really be in the moments that it's trying to create uh like she receives a package one it's just a shoestring yeah but it appears to be the shoestring that veronica was wrapping around her finger the moment she died Mm -hmm. and then she like places that over an ekg that she must have gotten at some point um and that just like this really eerie sort of odd feeling dreamlike sequence. Also, there's a sequence where somebody from another building is like using a mirror to uh, put this like reflect sunlight onto her as she's sleeping and wakes her up. Yeah. And that sequence is like two minutes long. And it's just feels I, I for me, it was it was mesmerizing and, and interesting. It feels really weird. And this movie kind of reminded me of a Peter Greenaway quote where he said, film is too important to be telling a story, mm. um, which I find a very interesting thing to say. Peter Greenaway especially kind of has done that for his whole life of like, fuck a story. I'm going to show you weird shit. Right. Um, <laughs> I think I think generally speaking, I disagree with that, but it's an interesting right. perspective and I don't always disagree with it. For example, I feel exactly the same. I way. think like, um, I, I, I was thinking about this with, um, the show better things and how like, it's mm. almost never about anything. It's not a plot oriented show. There's like some stuff, you know, there's some character development or whatever, but ultimately it's really just about vibes and feelings and, 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 you know, being around this family. And whatever, yeah. Right. And, and, and that's a show where like, if they ever had like a big capital P plot, I would be disappointed. I'd be like, what are you doing? This isn't what the show is, you know? So I I definitely sympathize with that idea, but I think overall, no, I think you should be mostly trying to tell a story unless you're like, unless you're like really good at this. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I, I don't think I agree because not enough people are good enough at making images and visuals and audio marrying each other to make me interested yeah there was like one guy and his name was yodorowsky and he did it like really well two times right where it's like 
this is a two hour long movie that has zero story that I will watch a hundred times because mm-hmm. it's so incredibly looking. It's like um, it's like when you see Jackson Pollock's sketches and you're yeah. like, oh, this guy knew how to fucking draw real good. <laughs> like the splatter thing is a choice. It's a thing he does for a reason. Yeah. And it's when you realize like, oh, like you can, like painting doesn't have to represent a form, right? Yeah. A- and, but if he wasn't good at drawing, you'd be like, this guy's a fucking huckster. This guy is a scam artist. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. bullshit. Like like, like Jeff Koons or something. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like, all of those people, like, spawned worse people who are like, oh, you can make a lot of money doing nothing. Right, exactly. Um, it's, um, I was thinking of a Red Letter Media thing uh, from one of the Plinkett reviews where he's talking about, like, George Lucas, like, fucking with the form of filmmaking or whatever. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, sure, I mean, you can mess with the form of filmmaking if you're one of the greats like and he like lists off all these like david lynch jim jarmusch (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like like have you ever seen meshes in the afternoon by maya darren no it's like this 14 minute long short film that she made like at her house one summer that has been like endlessly ripped off Mm -hmm. it's just about her like falling asleep at her friend's house and then like having a dream that like loops and it's just like the images are so fucking insane and good that it like inspired so many people. She never made a feature. She just like was this weird kid in the sixties who made these incredible f- films. Um, that's, she's an, uh, a genius and amazing, but it's like, she inspired a bunch of fucking college kids to be like, I'm going to make a dream movie. And right. like, they have no interest in making something that as- is actually powerful. and makes you feel anything. Anyway, the point is, the point is, unless you are licensed to carry a firearm, you shouldn't <laughs> carry a firearm. You well, know, it's it's this this is the idea is like you should you you should know what the fuck you're doing if you're gonna try to do that. Right? I think you have to know you're playing with fire, and you have to know that the odds are you're gonna burn your house down. And but if you don't, you might light the fireplace. Or listen whatever. to criticism. I think <laughs> if you're gonna be doing stuff like that, like yeah. if it doesn't come off as powerful or emotional in a way then like change stuff up keep iterating because it's such a new medium that you're often going to be falling on your face and we're in such a shitty culture we have such Mm -hmm. a disease (laughs) um but anyway this is 1991 and it's in poland so it's a different story um so she's receiving all these weird Oh yeah, yeah. And, and and eventually it starts to like turn into a mystery sort of a thing where she's like trying to piece it all together, figure out what it is. She gets a tape that has like the sounds of like a train and a couple other things, and I don't remember why, but she like figures out that it's this it's this one station in Paris. So she travels to Paris. It's in a cafe. It's in a cafe. Uh, what's also interesting is it's hard to recognize but her own voice is on that tape mm-hmm. like you later she says like hold a hold a like and then like that's what she also heard yeah Um. so lots of weird interwoven stuff she goes to Paris she goes to the cafe and she meets none other than the puppeteer yeah Um. and he's like I've been waiting for you for days and she's like wow that's crazy and and then she sort of realizes that she's like been he's been sending all the stuff yeah and he manipulated her and he tells her he's like i'm writing a book and i was just wanting to see if i could like fucking get you to do some shit if this would work or whatever and that freaks her out and i think rightly and she runs away uh but then they meet up again yeah and everything's fine and everything's fine they both admit that they're in love with each other and then they fuck Uh, oh 
he shows her pictures of of herself. No, no, no. She shows him pictures. Oh, right, right. Of, Sorry. He, but she's like carrying them with her for some reason. It, this, I feel like kind of the end of this, th- this is where it kind of got a little troubling for me because it's like, it feels like he tries to cram a lot in at the end to be like, yeah. here's how we connect all this together, by the way. But I know this like, has been very vibey and whatever. <laughs> I would have liked it if it just kept kept being vibey and that was it. Yeah. But it kind of feels at the end like he's like struggling to be like, and this, th- this fits here. Um, and this is why this happened. But it like doesn't do, it's not like, okay, this and this and this. It's sort of like. No, it's even worse. It's like, it, it's. It's still vibey, but it like feels a little rushed at the it end. It feels a little rushed and it feels like like if you're gonna do this shit like you gotta have like a, a reason why she's carrying around the fucking like the the what do you call those the 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 like the the the, the, the when you negatives like, that are uh, but you do uncut. it onto a piece of paper like you 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 print all the negatives onto the piece of paper to test yeah, it or it's something like, a, like it's that negative sheet i think yeah, whatever um, it is it's it's she's got the pictures from that time she traveled to poland yeah uh with her and he just like pulls it out of her purse and he's like what's this and he's like he's like that's a picture of you and she's like i don't own that coat and he's like what and she's yeah. like what and then she cries and then they have sex uh he's like yeah that's definitely you she's like it's not me and then after they fuck they go to his there's like a weird more dreamy sequence where they're like going through his house um and she, she's like watching him make a marionette yeah they're in his little puppet lab it's and like he's, her he's making one that looks like her and she's like why did you make one that looks like me he's like mm-hmm. yeah so and cool. she's like why did you make two why'd you make two and he's like because one of them might break yeah and then so it's like there's one dead and like he's moving one and then um there's all this stuff where she talks about like how she's always felt like she wasn't in control of her own life and yeah. like all of it's I, we'll get to it but like so they just that kind of leave that there and then the last shot is her like touching a tree and her father is like feels the tree or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that's the end um so i guess like this is a movie first thing i want to say about the movie overall is i it is one of the most beautiful looking movies yes, i've ever absolutely. fucking seen in my life i <laughs> my 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 pithy letterboxed review of this movie was something along the lines of the most beautiful movie that I've ever not really liked that much. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible looking. And I'm glad you agree because it's subtle, right? It's not it's not like these big um Yeah, it's definitely not rubbing your nose in the cinematography. There's a lot of times where it feels like somebody sets up a good shot and they really want to make a meal of it. And they're like, come on, man, look at me. I'm a cinematographer. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of that is, uh, you know, the kind of movies that like film kids really get off on. Mm-hmm. Um, and some stuff that's like really good. I would say, sure, that. Yeah. Um, I would say that like the Holy mountain is a perfect example of this where yeah. it's like every shot of that movie is gorgeous, but every shot of that movie is also like very aware of how good it looks. I made this thing. It costs so much money. Yeah. Like every like Wes Anderson movie is like this where it's like, I objectively think that this looks fantastic, but I also objectively think that you're kind of a dickhead for making it (laughs) so much of a part of it. You know, I have a friend who like, can't really lose herself in the Wes Anderson thing because it's so like obvious and funny. She's an Mm -hmm. illustrator. So it's like, when it'll be like, and then it's directly in the center of the frame. It's like, 
laugh out loud funny to her because she's right. like, come on, every time? Yeah. Uh, this movie is not like that. And it, it it is, like you were saying, a little Lynchian, but like to a much higher level, like the amount of like green and gold and red. Yeah, just packed in. Like the color is just like, I don't even know. Like, it, you know, what it reminded me of was, um, did you ever... Um, did you ever have like a a, a, a lomography camera? Oh yeah. Or yeah. were you familiar with the with uh-huh. the idea of these? The, the, it was like a for folks at home. It was a camera brand that they made these like weird, like they, they were like toy cameras. They were like twenty bucks a piece. They're like Urban Outfitters kind of hipster style. Yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah. Um, and, and and it was a company that made these cameras that all were like broken in a particular way that like somebody would discover that if you break a camera this one way, then it makes pictures come out in. A weird way right and so then they would mass manufacture cameras that were broken that way yeah and so you would get these pictures that were like flooded with light in a particular way to make the colors go crazy right yeah a- and um i always remember like going on the site i i bought a couple of those cameras i was never able to take any good looking pictures of them that was the other catch of them right is you have to be really good to like actually get good pictures you out did of these have things. to know what you were doing yeah and um but I remember like going to the website and seeing the pictures and being like, damn, what the fuck? <laughs> this all looks doing? so cool. Like, And this movie reminded me a lot of that feeling yes. of, of seeing that. It's so designed. And it, it's so... But in, a, in like the opposite way of a Wes Anderson movie or yeah. a Jodorowsky movie, it's like you forget that they had to... They must have had to like known there was going to be these all these green cars passing like they Mm -hmm. must have planned that somehow but like the actual movement of the camera is very verite a lot of the time so it's like just handheld shit and you're then you kind of get in this weird once you start paying attention to it it's just like jesus what (laughs) how how long must have this movie taken to make um and so the slow pace where like not a lot of stuff has happening doesn't didn't feel to me so arduous because every shot is just like so crafted in this yeah. like very subtle way. It definitely like it it gains a lot of points on style for me, but I think that like I I think ultimately like the the story or the vibes or whatever we're calling what happened uh I think it all wasn't compelling enough for me to 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 really get into it, but like what kept me coming back was the look. I kept like, yeah. I would like zone out and then like, <laughs> like something would be happening and whatever, like Veronique is like fucking like looking at something or whatever for a long time. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then like, I'd like look away and then like out of the corner of my eye, I'd see it. And I'd be like, Oh, that but looks wait, nice. that looks fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's really worth trying to figure out why it looks that way. I think Kieslowski, like, specific explicitly would say like i don't believe in metaphor Mm -hmm. he's like i'm not he's like to me the butterfly is a butterfly i don't give a shit like yeah he's not trying to tell he's not he's trying to make it look cool and and succeeded absolutely succeeded and i think that kaislowski was like kind of an anti-communist like wasn't really interested in like making political statements at this time like he'd really kind of gone like let's just talk about the human stuff and it's just right. like he wanted to make a movie about the feeling like when you really feel determinism is like 
happening in your life like you didn't have a choice mm. the weird feelings of like we've talked about like we both have like, weird deja vu experiences yeah like he just wanted to make a movie that was like about that feeling i mm-hmm. think that's this is conjecture i don't this is my feeling about this movie yeah and in that sense it's incredibly successful it's just the weirdest feeling movie i've ever seen um but what it adds up to is sort of an interesting nice experience that looks incredible which i think is cool um but it doesn't i don't know if it adds up to much um yeah whereas like a movie like Tarkovsky, it, it, it reminded me a lot i don't think you've seen this movie have you seen tarkovsky's the sacrifice no the last movie he made that movie feels and looks a lot like this except it's about like it's about a family finding out they're going to die in a nuclear explosion uh in their home mm-hmm. and then just like all of them having like fever dreams about what that means yeah uh and it's very political and it's very interesting uh intellectually but it also looks like this um and to me tarkovsky is just like head and shoulders above this guy because he had something to say and i feel like kaislowski unfortunately explicitly didn't want to say anything he just wanted to like show an experience yeah and while i think he's just as successful in what he wanted to do i think what he wanted to do was less interesting yeah i think it's it's one of those movies that would be described as being like about identity Right. I, it's funny when everyone ever, whenever anybody describes a movie that way, I'm like, okay, what about it? Though? Yeah, what about <laughs> it? Like what? Like it, it? It's something that happens when a movie. Like this is a perfect candidate for this, where it's like it's a movie that looks gorgeous and presents itself in such a way where it's like this feels really deep, and maybe it is, but ultimately it feels like the kind of thing that like nobody really knows what it's supposed to be about. Nobody ever figures out what it's supposed to be about, so everybody just says. It's a movie that like asks us hard questions about identity and right. and mortality and and you know God and <laughs> culture and and the, the you know uh, free will and yeah. stuff and it's like yeah but what but what does it ask us what are those hard questions and what... the answer is nothing there th- nothing happens <laughs> in this movie it's a beautiful movie about nothing and uh, if you like looking at cool stuff I it's think, a great movie yeah. That's absolutely true. If, if you, you like, like a movie at, that's about stuff, this ain't the film for you. That's a hundred. I a hundred percent agree. Um, and it's funny because people, dumb critics, will say that about things that are about something. Mm-hmm. A, a great example of that is um, the movie Possession. Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. It's a movie that is also about doubles. It's also set in, uh, believe Berlin or some Soviet state, and it's a horror movie about a woman who's losing her mind and then there's also another one of her and her husband is really freaked out by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also another of him. But then it's like, then it becomes a real horror movie where there's like squid monsters that she's having sex with and stuff and there's like, it's insane. Um, we will watch that soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. But that movie's very explicitly about like, it's not about identity. It's about like a national identity and like what it means. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that, but um, that's, that's more, that's more like it. I want there to be something underneath that of like, what are you trying to say about the real world or about your opinion on free will or your mm-hmm. opinion on tell me, yeah, it's give okay me a to standpoint. make something about the human condition. It's okay to make something about feelings and emotions and whatever, but it's like yeah. if what you're doing is just evoking the idea of feelings, 
then I'm not really I'm I'm not here for it. Yeah, it's I, not that interesting to me. I, I I fully agree, and and I think that it's it's just a shame that people who are this talented are like feel the need to pull back on like any commentary, yeah. even if it was fascist. Like even if this was because I know he was he was like a lib basically, mm. but like even if your position was like the point of this is how much I hate authoritarianism or something mm. i'd at least be like okay well that's something yeah but i not and not everything has to be political either even if you're but it's just like take take some sort of a stance about something give us a perspective this is a movie that doesn't have a lot of like i don't want to say it doesn't have perspective because it does it it's it's very like it has an artistic perspective yeah it has a visual perspective it has a lot to say about the way that things should look and the way <laughs> that like film should be made and the way that like I don't know the the way that stuff should move and like it it, it has a lot of like visual stuff that mm-hmm. it's very clearly very opinionated about. Yeah. But and it just th- doesn't really seem like this movie gives a shit about what it what it's about, right. like what the story is or well, another thing we haven't really talked about is how good her acting is. Yes, she's um, incredible. And wow, plays- what a dime. <laughs> she's beautiful uh one of the most attractive people i've ever seen on screen um and she's incredible at acting mm-hmm. um and the movie just feels like it's in love with her yeah and wants you to be in love with her and wants you to sort of feel this person's inner life and i i do think that there's value in that like mm-hmm. i i can i can <sighs> i think that there is something cool about just seeing making a portrait of a person sure but it has i think this movie particular has this such an advanced level of like not only a person but like an experience of life Mm -hmm. that it feels like it should be applying it to something else and it isn't and that i just gotta it knocks a couple of points off for me yeah unfortunately um but I don't know if we hear, I don't know how we're sounding if we're this is if this is sounding negative or positive because we're being both extremely praising and extremely yeah, I think th- this is a perfect example of a just like a a it, it is a cat with with buttered toast strapped to its back it is just <laughs> hovering sideways above the ground I really like a... don't know what to do with it Yeah I I mean I I I'm... I don't think I could recommend it in good faith because I think that it's it even though it is a nice 90 minutes, it is still <laughs> tight 90. It is still pretty long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, but it's one of the most good looking movies I've ever seen. I feel like for me, I must recommend it because it's so singularly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, it makes me disappointed in it. And I, if it was just a normal French movie about like, you know, if it looked like a Godard movie, like a little more grainy and shitty looking and mm-hmm. like just, and it was just like, Ooh, intrigue. And then I'd be like, Oh, you don't need to watch this. Cause it's, it's just about, cause Godard made movies like this where it was just like, it's weird that some weird shit is happening. And right. he's like more interested in like Tarantino style tropes and like visuals and stuff. But this movie elevates its, uh, the material to a level that feels i don't know almost like pinchin ish where it's like 
feels like it should be a metaphor for something and then isn't. And so it, I think what it is, is that it's a, it's a incredible package that is empty. Yeah. And if you want to look at this package, do it. Yeah. If you're like the kind of person who loves packaging, and I know there's people out there who yeah. do love packaging. If you're into packaging, then have I got the movie for you? Yeah. <laughs> if you're into what's in the box, you don't want to watch There's not this much one. in there, yeah. I think, unfortunately. Uh, and that's, that's I because of how gorgeous it is, I it's disappointing. Yeah. But if you go in being like, I'm going to look at some of the most beautiful film that I've ever seen. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. Definitely. If you're just into going to an art gallery and looking at the paintings, watch the movie. And uh, But to be fair, like it does evoke stuff. Like it, it feels like... Yeah, paintings do too. Yeah, exactly. Like it, there's these moments in the movie where it's just like, wow, I've like had that kind of anxiety or I've had that kind of calm. I've had that kind of excitement. Mm-hmm. And it it it's like, like you're saying, like it's going through paintings, you know, and like looking at these incredible things. And then you're just like, well... Had a good time. Yeah. Okay, bye. Yep, just wish it was more. Just wish it was more. Anyway, that's the episode. I- I'm going to recommend it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a half recommend. Yeah. I- I- it's a... It's a it- this, is- this is a movie where I kind of wish we did ratings, where mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a seven. Like, it's a seven or eight, where it's like, this is off the charts in terms of visuals, but it doesn't get there to like call it a a masterpiece or anything so yeah um yeah so it's a it's a it's a light recommend um there we go a light recommend a light recommend beautiful movie um just just it's like a dessert all right thanks for listening this has been generation loss the show about movies that doesn't take itself that seriously and i i really don't feel like i have to say that again (laughs) Uh, with Brendan and Jeremy. Um, thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more of our show, if you'd like to hear a bonus episode every single week where we talk about the movie news or topics or review another movie, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and get all that there. Uh, and you can also get discord access where you can hang out with us and other people who are nice and kind and funny and uh, watch the movie that we're going to see the mon- the Sunday before the movie the show comes out. Other than that, follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod, and you can follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's movies. That's movies. <laughs> <laughs>